Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's Man in the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got Scott. Hello. Hello. I've got Adam. Hello. Hello. Um, I've got leaning away from the camera, so she'll have to shout, Jesse. Sorry, I just realised Ross is on, so I should wear a microphone. Because, you know. He'll tell you off. Yeah. But he won't tonight, because he's in a good mood. Because we are <laughs> recording about 40 minutes after... What time is Ross? Oh, I'm going to start by just reading this out. 5,907 days, 832 games, 360 wins, 188 draws, 284 losses, 1,151 goals, 1,003 goals against, 1,091 points, six penalty shootouts, 287 players, 19 managers, five owners, and 95 different grounds. Goodbye, Football League. Hello, Premier League. The new like rent the musical. <laughs> like the leads for Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gone. See you later. <laughs> Your relegation from the Premier League is now old enough to pilot a glider, get married and buy a lottery ticket. I was twenty. I had no cares in the world. I've now got a mortgage, a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is a whole generation of Leeds fans that have just heard about this parent big club. Um that have never grown up and seen us play in the Premier League. So, how are you feeling? Your initial, your immediate thoughts? I don't, I don't actually know. It's hard to put into words because I'm 36. I'm not going to cry about football, but why not? Because it's football. I can't influence it. I don't cry over things I can't influence. But I, I, I'm, I'm shaking. Just, I'm in shock. I I didn't think this day was going to come. When we appointed Dave Hockaday as manager, when we had Neil Redfern as manager, when we had Neil Warnock as manager, Steve Evans as manager, and then Bielsa's come in and taken what is effectively the same team as the two years ago that finished 15th and done this. So where were you when you heard the news? I was in the car, in the queue at McDonald's. So did you (laughs) just finish work. Did you have it on the radio or...? (laughs) No, I was following it on the uh, Bet365 app. I was watching the uh, Huddersfield and um, West Brom live action. And it's so it's spooky that the Huddersfield winner went in at 19 minutes past seven, which, of course, is 1919. Leeds were uh, formed in 1919. It's a centenary season. It's all it's, it was in the stars, wasn't it? So... Over the last, you've given a whole list of statistics then for the last 16 yeah. years. So that season you went down, uh, was it 2004 it must have been? 2004, yeah. Do, do you remember thinking back then, because you're in all sorts of financial straits, fishbowls and everything. Yeah. Do you remember thinking this will do us for a season, sort of sells out and go back up again? Or Well, we got to the playoff final, the first season of the championship. And I thought, yeah, we'll bounce straight back up. We got battered by Watford and then it just crumbled away from there. And it, the Ken Bates era... 
was worse than the Chilino era, I think. Ken Bates is a, just a, a stain on football. He apparently saved us, but he just took all the money we ever made and pocketed it himself. And it's taken... We're a well-run club. We run at 93% of turnover to wages, which is pretty good for the championship. Um, and yeah, now we've got all that sweet, sweet Premier League money and hopefully the, all that dirty QSI money. <laughs> <laughs> what was your lowest point in this last 16 years? Uh, minus 15 points, bottom of League One. Starting the season there, after Ken Bates puts into administration for the second time. Uh, Dennis Wise being in charge. Neil Warnock being in charge. Steve Evans being in charge. There's so many low points. They all just merge into one big 16-year period. Did you ever think this moment would come again, or you sort of resigned to... No. I thought last year was the chance, and I thought when we fucked it up against Derby in the playoffs I thought well that's just what we do and then the break this year I thought would come back and it's nine games to lead this leads this up and we just managed to just about hold on we losing to Cardiff wasn't a great start to the restart and then dropping points to Luton and then I, I felt physically sick throughout the Barnsley game yesterday because that's the worst we've played in two years but we won it didn't feel like a win but we won have you read <laughs> the athletic enough. have you read the athletic article about Leeds this week uh, no not today is that by Phil Hay it was Phil Hayes a couple of days ago. So I think it sort of gives an insight in things that happened in Leeds in the last 16 years. And the thing yeah. that stuck out for me was Brian McDermott losing all credibility with the board and having to hand in his team sheets before kickoff to the board to get verification on whether they thought it was a suitable yeah. 11 or not. <laughs> That's just... Yeah, he had to email them off to Dubai to get confirmation. He also got fired and rehired within two days, which was sandwiched between a 4-1 win against um, Huddersfield. Weirdly enough. I feel like a low. Yeah, I mean, that was part of the map. We were, we were doing Man on the Post when that happened. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I vaguely remember. <laughs> two, two, two questions. One, you said you don't cry over things you can't affect, but I'm, I think Nikki would have some strong feelings about whether you had any, any control over Molly physically being born. Yeah, true. Yeah, Just... I'll give you that one. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> To bring it back to football, do you think Leeds do you has the break helped because of Bielsa's teams famously getting tired? Do you think we'd be sat here, albeit in May or whatever, mm. then, with a lead promotion still? I think yes, because we were we were on fire before that break. We had won five in a row. We hadn't conceded a goal. And we were storming our way to the top. We still had a, a tough run of games, and Fulham were on fire at that point as well. But they fell; they've fallen away. And West Brom, thankfully, have started to fall away. And Brentford, I think Brentford are going to finish second. West Brom aren't going to; they aren't going to hold on to that place. They've, they've bottled it big time. What do you reckon for next season then? Oh God, we'll do a Sheffield United. We'll be right out there. <laughs> no, I honestly, I honestly don't know. If we finish 16th, I'll be happy. Have you got a Premier League squad or a core Premier League squad at the moment, or? How many of those players do you reckon could hold it their own in the Premier League? There's about six teams in the Premier League who don't have Premier League. <laughs> yeah, since we're better than those ones. We've got a Premier League manager. Calvin Phillips is ready for the Premier League. Um, if we can keep Ben White or get Ben White on, uh, sign him from Brighton, which is highly unlikely. It's going to cost a lot of money, especially when the likes of Liverpool, Chelsea and Arsenal have been watching him for the whole season. Um, we need a striker, definitely. Bamford's proven to not be good enough in the Premier League but as long as the magician is in midfield Pablo Hernandez will, will be fine and what about your manager where's he going to be next season 
Well, this is it. I'm terrified he's going to walk away because his job was to get Leeds out of the division, and he's done that. I don't think and he would. His contract's up. <laughs> well, when Adam said earlier in our chat, he doesn't stay places very long. He doesn't. Two years is his longest. He's was at Bilbao for two years. He's done two years at Leeds now, and this would be his longest job in football. But this so is the, am... but isn't this sort of going someplace? Yeah, this like, is different. You know, yeah. he is going to the Premier League, and where would he go right now? Well, yeah, you exactly. Know, like, Barcelona, maybe. Yeah, there's only those top, top <laughs> jobs, I think, that would tempt him. But I don't think he wants those jobs. I think he likes the challenge. And he's certainly got a big challenge now to not to get us back where we were, because that required hundreds of millions of pounds that we didn't have, it turned out. And coronavirus, but... weirdly, is helping you out, because it's not like he's going to go back to Argentina right now. It's a giant disaster, and I don't even think they'd open the borders. He lives in a sweet shop um, <laughs> on his own in a one-bed flat. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? Wears, wears the Leeds training kit day in, day out, walks to the training ground, walks to Wellham Road. I love him. He's like a lovely granddad. Where's he live? He's weather, Weatherby, doesn't he? Weatherby, yeah, just yeah. in a little town. Shops in Morrison's and gives sweets like to the kids. Argentinian Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I, re- I reckon Jesse's right. This is a little bit different. Everything else he's managed has either been a national team or a top flight team. This is something, to, this is something different. It's exciting, isn't it? Getting a team up and then staying with them for that, at least that first season. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. You, you could argue that at, at Bilbao he'd run out of things to do, not things to do, but things that were realistically achievable. Yeah, he was never going to topple that top two. Even Valencia, I think, at the time were right up there as well. Yeah, so he was never going to break into that. Same with Marseille as well. He had a falling out with a board. Yeah, oh, Lazio well, stayed for two days, that's... but that's because they lied to him. So. Yeah, Lazio that's... was two all days. All you have to do is <laughs> all you have to do is, is lightly browse the Wikipedia page to see that he has falling out with boards, Scott. Yeah, but the board love him. The board couldn't believe their luck that they actually wanted to be our manager in the first place. So they're going to give him whatever he wants, I think, to stay. Can I they can... give him Naita Nandes? <laughs> <laughs> I'd certainly take him, Jesse. <laughs> I reckon he'll stick with you. I think he will. I hope he will. I kind of want someone like Steve Evans to come back in and think, well, this is what we had. No, you're not going to have to deal with it in the Premier League, aren't you? But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for what but you no, yeah I think he'll stay. <clears throat> yeah. Right, well, as soon as you're here, you might as well stick around for the rest of the podcast. No, I'm off now. Genuinely, I'm going now. Thank you very much. <laughs> no worries. Take care. Have I'm a... going to have my first beer in weeks. Have a very good weekend. <laughs> Thank you very much. Enjoy the show, guys. Bye-bye. Take, Take care. care us. See ya. Leave, leave, leave. He's left his camera. Yeah, is he... Oh, he's gone. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys. Okay, so that's uh, Dirty Dirty Leads. Uh, we will round up the games that took place in the Premier League last night uh, before we move on to other bits and bobs. So um, we'll start with Everton. Uh, Everton won, Aston Villa won, um, Conta scored, and then Theo Walcott equalised later on. Uh, so I, I am going to talk about Villa in a minute, but I want to talk about Everton for a little bit because we talked about them briefly last week, Adam. Um, couple of things. This could be their worst finish since 03-04. They've lost 11 out of 19 Premier League games and they conceded an average of 1.47 goals a game this season. Um, yeah, I've also had like four managers and have a squad, a squad that's been put together by, worse than a, a blind man doing a jigsaw puzzle. Four managers? No, it's probably three. But if I'm not allowed to exaggerate here, where am I allowed to exaggerate? <laughs> It's like 27 managers you've had, isn't it? Yeah. So this season was just to sort of write it off and get it out of the way and reset for next season? Um, I, I think that 
there's there became a point very quickly after the 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 break where that has been the case yeah that sort of once we came back it didn't take very long for us to be not that interested and not that exciting and i don't think that i think that um Ancelotti's tried tried some things tactically but i don't think that in an ideal world, these are the set of players that he, I don't think that he has the um, fourteen sort of players that he really wants to go into battle with next season. I think that he would want some some additions and some players moved on. So I think that this is more than a work in progress. Yeah, and I think that right now the Everton team is probably the definition of a team that's on the beach. I think, yeah, I think you're probably right. I just think they want to sort of get it over and done with, don't they? And there's players that are just aren't good enough. Just like, um, whether you look at them, whether that's them working as a unit or a collective, but the midfield just is doing nothing for, for Everton right now. Um, we um, start, went into the season with three first-team first centre-backs, Um one of them is injured and one of them is Yeri Mina. They're not the same person. That's a problem. Yes. Sorry, I'm writing something down because I forgot to write something down before. Okay, let's talk about um, Aston Villa then. So uh, Aston Villa realistically need to win their next two games. So their next two games are Aston Villa, uh, sorry, uh, Arsenal at home and... If, they, if, if Aston Villa can't beat Aston Villa in a game, <laughs> well, they have to win. <laughs> I, I doubt Aston Villa well. could, and part of that is just the decisions that have been going against them, and part of that is just <laughs> Aston Villa. Yeah, sucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I'll talk about those sort of fixtures again in a, in a second. So the, it, for this game, um, Dean Smith said, I can see the fight in the players, um, but there was a lapse of concentration that did cost them. They conceded 17 goals in the last 15 minutes of uh, Premier League fixtures um, this season. Scott, is that going to ultimately cost them? Yes. How? For me, and I might the stats might completely not back this up, but for me they don't score enough goals. I don't yeah, think they do either, no. Where's the I don't you look at that team and think where's I don't uh, where's the threat? Who's the danger man? It's Grealish, isn't it? Well it's, they... it's not, is it? Because that is not the type of player player he is. I don't think that Grealish is ever gonna be a player whether he goes to join Manchester United or Manchester City or any big club is he ever going to be a, a player who scores you 15 Premier League goals gets you 15 assists something like that. I don't think that's him no I, I think you're right he's not the um out and out goal scorer that you need to get you 20 goals a season to keep you up is he but I even, I'm not even sure that he's a a got a, a hugely goal scoring midfielder He's a big creator, but he's not a goal scorer himself. Sorry, Scott, what were you going to say? Oh, put my hands up. Sorry. <laughs> um, Sorry. They, they spent how much on Wesley and how much on Samata? And uh, Wesley's injured, sorry. Yeah. And then Samata's coming in hasn't really hit the ground running. No. Trezeguet as well. So they're, they're not scoring. They're just fighting. Yeah. Their lives. Yeah. Okay. They so... have had some pretty shitty decisions go against them, though. The, I mean, maybe um, not enough to justify where they are, but they perhaps have, they've had some. They the have, United, they have, United uh, last week is one. The Sheffield United yeah. game, the first week they came yeah. back, which really right. went in their favour. 
True. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but just so just looking at this, the stats quickly on that, they've scored five goals in the eight games they've played since since the restart. That's not that's not going to get you out of any sort of relegation hole, is it? No. Um, but looking at the last few games, then so uh, West Ham are currently beating Watford two nil. Um, Watford are on 34 points, three ahead of Bournemouth and Villa. So Watford, their final two games are Manchester City at home and Arsenal away. Bournemouth's are uh, Southampton and then at uh, home and then Everton away. And Aston Villa's are Arsenal away and, sorry, at home and then West Ham away. Yeah, I can see Watford being caught. They I can't diff- remember. Are Southampton bad at home or away? Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Correct answer, Jesse. <laughs> uh, for goal difference, Watford have got the better goal difference. They're minus 21, Bournemouth are 24, and Aston Villa are 27. Well, no, but they're just... Watford are currently two goals down. Yeah. So all it's going to... And remember, to catch them, Bournemouth are going to have to improve their goal difference. It's going to get very tight very quickly. Yeah. Uh, I'm, so, I'm sorry if I'm boring you with basic maths as you just said <laughs> again. Yeah. Yes, yeah. no, sorry. I'm trying to concentrate about three things at once, which, is, is as I realise, is the host isn't probably the best thing. <laughs> concentrate, it's not your story. It's going to be though, an awful lot of, of editing for me today, isn't there? As I just, uh, <laughs> normally, I have to edit out us not responding to Chris. So this time, it's Chris not responding to us. Yeah, Do you want to talk about musicals, Adam? Is now the time? <laughs> Uh, no, sorry. I was trying to write down all the team's fixtures. So that was what I was trying to do. So I do apologise. Uh, okay. Um, sorry to answer the question. Southampton are, Southampton are rubbish at home. Yeah. Mm. You guys, you're not you're not going with me on this. Teams like, playing teams. Southampton could be. No, Sunderland would really be South Pacific because they're problematic in very specifically racist ways. Do you see where I'm going with this? Racist? No. They were You've lost me in so many different ways. <laughs> oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I really need I need a musical theater person with me. No. No. no one. All right. Tumbleweed. There's a lot here. There's a lot to do. There's a lot of tum- there's more tumbleweed here than in Oklahoma. <gasps> Good job. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's a shame this whole musical theater thing is being edited out, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you watch. I'm gonna start just like like you know, throwing down Sondheim references all over well, the place. The, you can't the thing I feel really sad for Chris is that's genuinely a good joke as well, and no one's going to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, in the race for the Champions League places at the other end of the table, uh, Leicester City beat Sheffield United two 0 with goals from Ozzy Perez and Damari Gray, who's been linked with Spurs. Jesse, uh, Leicester needed a post Bournemouth response, didn't they, Scott? They did indeed, and they got it. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Um, Jamie Vardy. Good goal for the second goal. Um, a good three ball from Vardy. Um, yes. They pretty much battered Sheffield United. And it it was needed because they've been pretty piss poor post-lockdown. Yeah, um, James Vardy was pretty good, actually. He played a few three balls to Harvey Barnes, who squandered a couple of chances, which is a shame because I quite like Harvey Barnes. I do as well. And you could hear Chris Wilder have a go at his players when that through ball was played. There was one delicious what? one that was played out to him, Vardy, on the left wing. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's good to see, we'll see them get their mojo back again, isn't it? Um, and in the other game for the Champions League place, it was Crystal Palace nil Manchester United 2, so Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial. Uh, Ole said that, quote-unquote, nobody thought in January we would be in with a shout. Um, but before 
United scored, um, or I think, no, I think they were even 1-0 at the time after the Rashford goal. Uh, Wilfred Zaha and Lindelof had a coming together, which really should have been a penalty, shouldn't it? Jesse, you're nodding your head. I think so, yeah. I mean, it seems like it. I think that, and I also think, I, I really still don't see that that um, Palace goal was offside, so just the whole match seemed a little... Uh, uh, yeah, he was a little oh. toner, wasn't he? Fractions, rules are rules. Rules are Sorry. rules, Jesse. Yeah. Listen, I don't like math, so fractions like just doesn't do it for me. But just watching that VAR, whatever it was, when they were like moving the, I guess fractions, decimals, I don't know what are other geometry words, um, to figure out like if he had cut his toenails that day or not, was so. Like, I, you know, that made me understand why people hate VAR and why people hate the offside rule. I understand that. You're an emotional Latin, aren't you? Whereas we're sort of... That's uh, cold yeah, hardened correct. And you're, you know, you lie back and think of VAR. Well, no, we're sort of cold-hardened sort of Northern <laughs> Europeans that are into sort of... You make the trains run on time, yeah. Exactly. Um, <laughs> it just, like, takes all the joy out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Scott, you wobbled your hand a bit when I talked about the Zaha penalty. Coming together 50-50 Zaha I think was Pretty much looking for it Because he's dangled his leg Yeah I do On the offside I do remember Lundstrom having a goal Sorry Having a part of the His toe Offside against Spurs If uh, My memory Oh Scott Sorry Ooh. Back in oh. October I think David McGoldrick scored I think it was his Was going to be his first goal of the season And he Looked all happy last year, and it was all disallowed because Lundstrom's toe was just like this far offside. You weren't complaining then, were you, Loesch? I I was. You guys just don't remember. Does Scott have that he can remember <laughs> a disallowed VAR opportunity from October? That is incredible. Do you know why? Because I was coming out of a ground. I think I was at a spinning away game with my mates, and we were talking about it on the way home. The wind was blowing from a westerly <gasps> direction. This is fantastic, especially if it's two teams that don't actually involve you as well. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll talk about Manchester City in a second because they had their um, ruling Champions League ban overturned. So I'll just talk in, about the remaining places uh, or the remaining uh, fixtures for teams back in the Champions League places because it is now going to be fourth place that gets you in that spot. So um, all teams have played 36 games. Chelsea are third on 63 points. Uh, Leicester are fourth on 62 points um, with a goal difference of three ahead of Manchester United on 62 points. So uh, remaining fixtures for Chelsea. They're away at uh, Liverpool, home to Wolves. Um, Leicester are away at Spurs and at home to Manchester United. And Manchester United are at home to West Ham. Uh, and away to Leicester. I suppose Chelsea and Leicester fans could do with a great Watford comeback tonight, couldn't they, to make that sort of United game count for something. Um, where do we see the last two games going? Who's going to miss out of these three? Leicester. You think so? Le- yeah, because it makes me look really clever when I said it before football came back. <laughs> <laughs> when they had like nine points to lose at that point as well, so... They got hey, horror- if, if I was willing to stand here and put my hands up and say, yeah, I was the clown who said Leicester were going to get relegated when they did one and one on the title, <laughs> I, I deserve this moment. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, go on then, Jesse. Who do you think's got the tougher running? <sighs> Who's going to miss out? 
Wait, but that's two different things. You said who's got it tougher and who's going to miss out. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, who's going to miss out? Sorry. It's unfair when my own team is in there because you know I'm going to say Spurs. You just know that. <laughs> so they're mid-table, aren't they? Yeah, so, they are mid-table. Is this because of the musical theatre references? No, no, no. I, I don't like. I don't like. Mathematically impossible. <laughs> How do you, uh, Brendan and his former employee employer Josie get on? Do they work together at uh, Chelsea? Were they together? Yeah, Chelsea? they did. Yeah, they did. I think. Yeah, did anyone get on well with Jose? Uh I don't know. Do they, I, think, I wonder if they get on got on quite cordially. Might do him a little favour. Casillas. Hmm. Isn't the problem? Well, sorry. How will Chelsea do them a favour? Uh, sorry, uh, Spurs. Sorry, that's who Mourinho manages. Sorry. Oh, right, okay. Sorry. Yeah, we um, all like to forget that one. <laughs> but just like, as we've talked about before, Manchester United's form is imperious. So how does anyone see Leicester beating Manchester United on the final day of the season? No. 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 Simple as that, right? That's <clears throat> coming down to that straight away. Uh, I mean, does anyone see Manchester United dropping points against West Ham? Because if so, then that would leave Leicester in the advantageous position, presumably. Um... What about Chelsea? Is their final two games are was it Wolves and Liverpool? And Liverpool, yeah. Liverpool. West Ham are about to board a board a, the same flight to Malaga, but I think it's not. <laughs> Ross, Ross, so. Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But Chelsea do have a semi-final against Manchester United as well, so they have eyes on the FA Cup. Yeah. I'm going to stick my neck out as well, same as Adam, and say Leicester are going to miss out. I'm going to be controversial. I'm going to say Chelsea. Oh, okay. Fine. Um, right, okay, yes. So the reason this is all back in play again is because Manchester City had their um, uh, their ban in the Champions League overturned by Cass Court while trading for sports. Um, Was they, anyone surprised? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, if I just give a little bit of background and you sort of explain afterwards why you weren't. So... Um, I've listened to the Price of Football podcast and apparently many lawyers there were also not surprised. Um, I don't think they were found entirely innocent. They were fined £10 million for some sort of uh, breach. But I think the thing that fell down the most was UEFA's own statute of limitations, um, which is where they Manchester City managed to get their sort of foothold back into the Champions League. And the Price of Football podcast was saying that no serious lawyer really thought that UEFA had a chance because of this particular, excuse me, this particular clause. Um, rules are rules and everything, Adam. Do you think that I think that's I think the the price of football podcast is being very sort of um, uh, revolutionist after the event. I don't remember all these people <laughs> coming out saying this is definitely going to get overturned. Do you? No, I don't. No, but I can no. sort of see the logic as to I can see the logic as to why it was based on the judgment. Yeah, but I don't think all these people are, who are so smart. And that's the I think that that when I say I was surprised. Um, Jesse, what I was surprised by is um, my ability to underestimate the incompetence of UEFA. Mm. And yeah. whether, well, maybe not incompetence, maybe that's a bit harsh, but I think that essentially this whole um, this whole situation is for appearances and was done for... I think UEFA were putting together a challenge that they knew that they had no grounds for, but they had to be seen to be doing something once the... The allegations that were made in uh, in De Spiegel and in football leagues were made. Um, they knew that they were bringing actions that were going to be time barred, but 
they still did it anyway for because I, I think if they didn't, that's where we would have maybe had the collapse and the outrage from yeah by Munich's and your top top creme to the creme of European football, the big boys who want to stay entrenched in their position. So is FFP dead then? Depends what you mean about what people think of uh, FFP has achieved, right? FFP has done done wonders for European football in making um, clubs run at, at a profit in general instead of being at the huge deficits they were running at before. Um, has has it failed in in helping entrench the the rich people's position? Who who knows? Even if, I don't think necessarily Newcastle could have come along and if their takeover goes through and sort of blow the doors off it because what are they going to do? They try and hide it for five years and sneak it under the te- under the rug, like. Yeah, I think as someone said on a podcast this week, um, FFP is good if you want to find Levski Sofia, not so great if you want to go after Manchester City. Um, Scott, your team, Roma, have really tried to abide by FFP, haven't they? Yeah, I've got a list of players. So in the last eight years, Roma have sold, I think it's basically a whole starting 11 of players. So you've got Marquinhos, Eric Lamena, Mehdi Benascia, Miranam Pjanic, Eric Sala, Antonio Rudiger, Costas Manlas. Uh, Leonardo Paredes, Kevin Strootman, Roger Nangulin, Allison, and probably two more this summer, either Lorenzo Pellegrini, Cengizunda, maybe Nicolo Zaniolo. Deliver. Just to comply, it won't happen. <laughs> Selling club. <laughs> we're, not, yep. we're, not a, we're not a market, says Monchi once, but look what happened. Yeah, um, other clubs have been trying to comply with the rules, and then you see that, and then you just think, football died a death. On, on Monday and the soul got taken away. That capitalist, that ca- look at that accountant that works in the city shaking his head. I just just think that that's, without being too rude, rude Scott, slightly sour grapes. <laughs> sour um, grapes, Scott. What do, you, what do you say to that? Um, <laughs> hold on, let me let me finish sticking the knife in. <laughs> and um, <laughs> that... I do think that my biggest complaint against FFP is that it is used as a way to just entrench, entrench, in advance it already held advantage of big football clubs. Um, I completely can see the logic in saying, right, you don't want a a huge owner coming in and running up a tab at a club and then pissing off and leaving them absolutely up shit, shit creek. But if a if a and if someone buys a club and an investor comes in and wants to give them money and capitalise that in within the club so that they're not loans, the, the, this invest if an investor wants to go and spend hundreds of millions of pounds buying football players uh, to give to a football club to buy football players and they have no intention of asking for that money back, what's the real problem? Okay. Jesse, have you got anything you want to before I let Scott come back at that? <laughs> go, Scott, go. Don't dignify it with a response, Scott. I was just going to say, fuck FFP. What's the point of it now? That <laughs> CEO have just basically tarnished it. Jesse, what are you going to say? Um, I don't know. I don't have any faith, I think, in um, from FIFA and the IOC on down, really. I don't, I think, 
um, it is so much about money and, you know, Man City, PSG, Barcelona, like they, well, Barcelona not right now, but um, they are, they're money clubs and that is what counts. So um, there's not going to be um, any kind of consequences or real change unless that changes top down. Um, and we haven't seen that. I mean, we haven't seen that change at all. We haven't seen any kind of um, hierarchical changes made even from like the Loretta Lynch investigation into like fuck it they Qatar put out their um match schedules the other day like nothing's nothing's changing okay it's you know what I would say just quickly is that you said Chris said that um Man City will find 10 million euros but actually Man City's legal team have really done their work because originally they were fined 30 million euros that fine's actually been reduced as part of this <laughs> so if <laughs> if, it costs, if, if it costs Man City 20 million and one euros in legal fees probably worth it yeah as you're right Scott as uh, Dave from the Sunday show tweeted half a Dominic Solanke this has cost yeah, them I, think I, I tweeted <clears throat> a quarter of a Joe Linton <laughs> That's, I think, about what uh, Messi pays in taxes every year. Probably way more than what he pays in taxes. Well, <laughs> at the moment, yes. Previously, maybe not. Okay, uh, right. Uh, the last game that took place yesterday was um, Southampton won, Brighton won. Danny Ying scored his 20th goal of the season, uh, as well as Neil Mopé scoring as well. Neil Mopé's celebration. Did you see his crying eyes celebration? I'm wondering if that was aimed at Matai Guendouzi. I'm hoping it is. Why would it be aimed at Guendouzi? Because Gwen Doozy was sledging him all the way through the um, the Brighton Arsenal game, but saying, they weren't playing Arsenal. I'm conf- sorry, am I being? Yeah, but when Gwen Doozy lost his head after the but then um, the Leno injury, and I think I might have not played for Arsenal since, or has hardly played for Arsenal since. Right, he hasn't. He's been like, didn't he go after Arteta? The man's a head case. So basically, yeah, he he spent the whole of the second half sledging Brighton players and Neil Mopé with how much money he earns. Um, and after he came off the pitch, I think Arteta said that he's not going to be considered for a while uh, and he needs to sort his maturity out. So I'm just yeah, wondering whether. Been, like um, training separately, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, um, he's a good player, I think, but he needs to obviously sort that out. But um, yeah, I was wondering if that was what that celebration was. Um, okay, right, let's move on to some bits and bobs of news before we do some European leagues and then come back to the Premier League this weekend. So, uh, in news. Um, Porto are champions of Portugal. Uh, they beat Sporting Lisbon uh, 2-0 on Wednesday night. Uh, Daniela with the first goal for the header from a corner and a very lovely Musa Morega goal for the second goal. Um, lots of players looking very, very emotional at the end of this as well. So Alex Tellez uh, and Pepe um, very much in tears at the end of this game as well. Um, anyone see this one at all? No? Okay. One player to keep your eye on for next season, uh, Sporting Lisbon's Edu Quaresma. Um, I've seen him a few times this season. Uh, there must be something in the name, he's a, but he's a defender, this one. Um, he looks quite assured, quite solid. He didn't have the best of games in this one, but he's, I've, other times I've seen him, he looks um, he looks very good beyond his years. I think he's got some good young players there as well. Did his, pa- did his parents name him after two... Oh, sorry, one Portuguese and one Brazilian footballer? Yeah, <laughs> like Ronaldo Vieira. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wickham have been promoted to the Championship after they beat Oxford 2-1 um, in the playoff Get final. That's it. <laughs> this is some sort of regional banter, as it's got. A420 derby is back next season, but we haven't got the best of records against Oxford as they've done us seven league games in a row. Uh, well, with any luck, you've been playing against this Oxford goalkeeper and defender. <laughs> Because <laughs> they both seemed to have a complete shocker, didn't they? He was at fault for the first goal. I'm sure the goalkeeper was. He sort of flapped, didn't he? And then the yeah. second goal, is it more is it the defender? He sort of let it go yeah. beyond his head, um, straight to the striker. And then the goalkeeper then came out and David James against Zinedine Zidane in Euro 2014. I think I think that Oxford will be quite disappointed with um, the performance they put in, and especially the composure they didn't show when they. Especially towards the end, when they were, when they went, when they were uh, trying to fight back, because <clears throat> Scott will know no better than me, and probably won't say this with gritted teeth. But uh, my understanding is that for a League One team, that uh, Oxford are considered quite a footballing side. They are, and um, that is certainly not what was on show when they were trying to. They went very long ball, very direct, um, and bad direct football, basically. So. There shouldn't really be it. I don't think that in that, those sort of last 10, 15 minutes of, from when they they went two and down, but Wickham were really in any real danger. I forgot that Oxford was your second team. I was there 2010 when they made their way out of the out of the champion out of the conference. So back into League Two. Back into League Two, and now look, Swindon have long passed them by. Was that the time you saw them at Wembley? Yeah, I've been to see them at Wembley twice. <laughs> um, against York City in the conference playoff and in, in the Johnston Paint Trophy final. I can't remember who they were playing against then, but they lost. Scott will know this. They were playing against a League One team, so they were expected to lose. Uh, yeah, rings a bell. I will find out. Scott, how do you feel about having an Oxford fan on this podcast? Partial. Second team. That's fine. Yeah, that's all right, is that's it? A, that's a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, what else have we got? James McLean. Um, he's been claimed... James McLean has claimed, excuse me, uh, he's been uh, offered a lack of support for years of sectarian abuse he's received on social media. Um, he's pleased it's been getting it for support for um, players this week like Wilfred Zaha and David McGoldrick. He said, quote-unquote, I am seeing all this support and I'm thinking um, I've been abused for uh, the last nine years and where has my support been? So he see, he feels there's some sort of two-tier system to his uh, to the way that uh, ab- um, abuse is carried out in this country. Uh, a lot of people say he brings this on himself with not wearing his poppy and wearing a balaclava when teaching his daughter about history, which he acknowledges himself might have been a bit of a mistake. Um, what? Can you explain that one to me? Sorry for the dumb American over here. Okay, so he comes from uh, Derry in Northern Ireland. So if you're a Catholic, you the say... The poppy thing, I understand. The balaclava, I yeah. don't So understand. if you are a, uh, a Catholic in Northern Ireland, you call it Derry. If you're a Protestant, you say it's London Derry. He comes from there. Uh, and that's the scene for uh, the Bloody Sunday Massacre of 1972. Yeah. Um, so he's known to have quite um, nationalist or quite sort of uh, pro-island... Am I right? It's sort of quite pro-Irish or Irish unity beliefs, uh, albeit in a very peaceful way, he believes that. Um, so, yes, he taught his daughter with a balaclava on a history lesson one day, which he says himself probably wasn't the best of. But isn't a, okay, a, balaclava a is simple, what I think it is, right? The, yeah, um, it's a sim- I think 
which is the so Chris has told you all of that without answering the question you actually asked, which <laughs> not my understand, <laughs> my understanding would be that the balaclava would be a, like a a link and a, sim, a symbolism of the IRA, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Okay. Which effectively, depending as always, depending on your viewpoint, but at least in the UK, would be considered a terrorist organization. But is is that what he meant it to be? Quite possibly. Oh, okay. Sorry, that I didn't. Okay, didn't understand. I mean, he. Okay, sorry. That was a very like regional question, and I apologize for us. I think I was thinking like, oh, when black men go out with those, they no, get shot by police. That's fine. If you go to Boston uh, and ask that question, you might get an entirely different answer. Then you'll probably get an IRA-related answer in Boston, actually. Quite possible. That's Boston, Massachusetts, okay. not Lincolnshire. Um, just to the clarification. Okay. So what he is saying then is that that's the, that's the type of abuse that he gets on social media? All the time. And he's been offered no help or support by the FA or kick it out with regards to that abuse. Yeah, I mean... I think, is he saying, though, that the FA gives support to other people? He is, and he's not dec- and he's not complaining about that. He says that the support that the FA and Kick It Out give to other people is needed because they're suffering racial abuse. He hasn't got a problem with that. I think what he's got a okay. problem with is the fact that he's not receiving the same support for what he believes is the similar sort of abuse. Okay. But that's the same, that's the same not just for him, right? There's, there are... I'm not going to say there are levels of uh, obviously there are levels of abuse, but I'm not. But the way in this country, at least, that they are perceived, is completely different depending on which minority you are. There are some minorities where, oh, you probably shouldn't say that. There are some minorities where you definitely shouldn't say that, and there are some minorities. Ah, it's all fine. It's just a laugh. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I would say sort of a couple things that, again, I'm sort of very aware that I'm saying this from another country, so feel free to shit all over this. But, like, I don't think that the FA, but also any associations, go far enough um, in taking proactive stands, although the FA and the Players Association in the Premier League have done way more than most lately. Um And also, as Adam said, there needs to be sort of a commitment to um, addressing and combating bias and prejudice um, in general, rather than like um, waiting until specific incidences happen and then reacting. I've got absolutely, I absolutely no problem with James McLean and think uh, he never, no problem with his poppy protest. No, but he does strike me as the kind of person who might be a bit of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Just in general, like if you went to the pub and had a beer with him, I think you might think I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, but after <laughs> nine years of abuse, would you not be a bit peeved? No, the completely separate issues. I'm so, that's what I'm saying. They're completely separate issues. I think the abuse is not right. He might be a bit of a dick. (laughs) Did you guys see, I think it was last week that it was The Guardian or somebody put out an article that said, like, an anonymous footballer is saying that he's gay, right? And then the 
fucking com- I mean, never read the comments forever and ever, but like the, uh, it, this was like the least, I mean, the response should be okay. Like, yeah. And, or, or like, hooray. Or like, great. Let's bake him a cake. Like whatever. Who cares? The comments were like, as if it were the, it was the type of comments that I wish had happened when John Terry slept with his best friend's wife or like Wayne Rooney slept with a 16 year old prostitute or like fucking raped somebody. But instead, allegedly, allegedly, um, allegedly. Okay, cool. Right. (laughs) There you go. For the lawyers in the audience. But like, not not allegedly, he didn't, not guilty. Yeah, he really did. He copped to that one. Really? Um, come on. I, also, I'm fairly sure. I'm fairly sure Wayne Rooney's prostitute was 60, not 16. No, I think yes. she was. Were there? Was there more than one? No, she was um, quite old. <laughs> okay, you guys. There was another one then. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right. Law cone of law silence. But this like, whole thing is just going to be be. <laughs> so Adam will just edit it all out, Redacted. and we'll put like a uh, like a nice musical theater song over this one. And it's the one from Avenue Q called "If You Were Gay, We'd Shout Hooray" because that's the only thing that should be the response. <laughs> but like, this is what's wrong. What's wrong is has has anyone no culture of like education and tolerance. Well, let's move on to something else then. Um... Clive Tilsley says he's quote unquote baffled after being uh, replaced by Sam Matterface for uh, the um, sort of blue ribbon ITV commentary events. Um, what do we think about that, guys? I would agree with him because he's um, a much better commentator than Sam Matterface. I would as well. Yeah, I know you would. He's also not even like he's in his seventies or eighties, or he's not a. He's not a young man, but he's not an old man. And um, while I wouldn't say that there should be some sort of um, necessary sort of uh, like affirmative action on the part of ITV, that they haven't made that. It's not like they've done it for that choice. They've not tried to... They've just replaced Clive Tilsley with a slightly younger, worse white man. (laughs) I don't really... I couldn't tell you anything Sam Matterface has done, so I, you know... Is your, is your dog's too, going absolutely mental. Someone's walking too, mu- fast. <laughs> too much, um, too much work on Sky on um, Talksport is what he's done. Oh really? Okay. Oh dear. <laughs> okay. Seventeen-year-old uh, Jude Bellingham has signed for Borussia Dortmund on a five-year contract for twenty-two point seven five million pounds. Um, oh, to be seventeen again. I mean, why wouldn't you join Bar- join Borussia Dortmund if you can? <laughs> <laughs> it means you don't have to live in Birmingham anymore. I mean. Dortmund is not a lovely place. Because well. you had second-hand nature of that not so long ago. Um, yeah. like It's not a terrible place, but I don't... I think that's probably part of uh, Dortmund's... I was going to say charm, but I really actually mean the complete opposite of charm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uncharmed. <laughs> uh, one of the, the benefits, right, is that there's no... It, it, it very much helps players concentrate on their football because there aren't Nothing these huge distractions <laughs> there isn't the, the bright lights of Dortmund are not going <laughs> to entice you what's you the out. what's the um, comparable English city is it more of an industrial t- uh, industrial city so where, where in the UK is very industrial yeah I know where the tour has closed it all I'd say I'd say it would have been somewhere like a, a relatively like a Midlands industrial city did you say Melton Keynes, or was that no. industrial? Uh, Coventry. 
Yeah, it would have been, yeah, somewhere manufacturing about 30, 40 years ago, I think, before. Sheffield. Sheffield would be ideal. Remember the start of the full Monty. Um, yeah, okay. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention about Wickham is um, uh, Akin Fenwer, who did he get a message off and an invite to go join on a trophy uh, lift? Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp, and he got a message on Virgil van Dijk as well. Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? Maybe that's why they weren't concentrating on Wednesday night, maybe. Um, okay, what else have we got? Mass gatherings at sporting events in the UK could start from the 1st of October, uh, thanks yeah. to uh, competition winner Boris Johnson. Um, <laughs> and, oh, fans of Bookie Thistle in the Highland League are happy. Does anyone know where they're, why they're happy? Um, because they're Scottish and have great accents and um, oh, sheep. That's what they said. Um, Awful accent, how dare you. Hey you! Yeah. I can do better than that. Scott, I live here. There's not. I mean, we have like Texas. There's not much for us to really go on. Um, you've, yeah. also, you've also got Alabama. So oh, see, worse, worse, and worse. So fans of Bookie Thistle are happy because they've been referenced in the new Stephen King book, If It Bleeds, and there's a photo of Stephen King wearing a scarf and a top from Bookie Thistle. Um, Dwight York. Uh, has obviously 20 years ago had a huge set of kahunas on him because um i'm sorry a huge set of what what kahunas kahunas balls so one is drawers right (laughs) one is a fake hawaiian word and the other one is the one that you want i've never once heard you say the one that you actually want (laughs) uh el balzos um in the post trouble year uh yes he had an idea while he was uh, flying in the cockpit of Concord, which is where all the best ideas come from, that he should pop to see Sir Alex Ferguson and ask to see if he could take a year off on full pay from playing for Manchester United. Um, anyone want to know how that conversation went? Fuck off. Well, that's, that's half the words, <laughs> yes. With him, with him playing for Sunderland? <laughs> Fuck off and get lost were Fergie's exact words, and that was the end of the conversation. He says, looking back now, it probably wasn't the wisest move he'd ever made in all his life. Is this the same time he got with Jordan? This is about 2000, so however old Harvey is, I'm not too... Oh, Harvey's 18 now, isn't he? So it's just 18. Before... Yeah, 18's okay. Yeah, yeah, so just before that. Yeah, and of course, um, famously, Fergie decided he was going to retire, and then when it was announced that he wasn't going to retire anymore, in the dressing room, Roy Keane looked at Dwight York and said, well, you're fuck Yorkie. <laughs> Much to everyone's uh, <laughs> merriment. Um, and finally, a bit more sort of serious news. Um, Karimuddin Karim has had his lifetime ban uh, against... Uh, oh, lifetime ban from football upheld. Um, he was a, the former president of the Afghan FA and was accused of, quote-unquote, appalling sexual abuse while and he was in charge of that. So, yes, he's had his uh ban uh, upheld thankfully so some good things that happened in the world of judgment this week uh right going on to bits and bobs of league so in spain real madrid are champions after two karim benzema penalties and they beat villarreal um to one anyone want to see the penalty that didn't work out who saw this okay tell Wait, us jesse can we start from the actual like was it or was it not or was it sergio ramos trying to be in cirque du soleil <laughs> it was very Thierry Henry, Robert Perez, Man City, 2004. Circa, five. yes. Describe like, it, Jesse, what happened? So, this was Sergio Ramos at his, like some would say best, some of those people are wrong. Like, his sort of, you know, he was like ambling towards the box, knew that he could draw a penalty, so he sort of ah, hopped onto the ball and 
let his body fly to the right while his face did the sort of rictus of, oh, no, pain, uh, <laughs> agony, bullshit. And obviously it was a penalty, but it wasn't. So fine. So then they called a penalty, which again, if you didn't hear me before, was not a penalty. And he decided to do a thing that I have never before seen in my life. And even when I shouted to my father, have you fucking seen this before in your life? He had only seen it twice in his life. Have you guys seen this before ever in your collective lives? I've seen, really? it, I've seen it twice. Twice. You said twice. Maybe I just, what are, okay. So you have all and my twice. father seen it twice. Was it the same twice? I've seen Thierry Henry and yeah. Robert Pires. I'm sure Messi did it once, didn't he? Yeah, and Cruyff did it. Yeah, and Cruyff. Uh, so Cruyff was my father's one of okay, Adam. And um, see, Adrian Reed tried to do it to Robert Perez and fucked it up. Fucked it um, up, yeah. To the extent that Pills. lost the penalty, which I think there's a strong argument you could make that Real Madrid should have done the same. That's what I thought that they should have not had it anymore. Because um, you could argue, you could argue that the, the encroachment is. So Benzema's encroaching, and I think he gets away with that by the fact that there's a Villarreal player also encroaching. Now, why didn't they both get cards? Because um, I don't think you get a yellow card for encroachment, do you? You Maybe? do if you're the keeper. Well, I have do. many issues. I mean, obviously, we know I have many issues. Um, but I have many issues specific to this match. But, if, but you could make an argument that actually um, Sergio Ramos touched the ball twice. Yeah. He rolled the ball down his stubs, which would have resulted in... Uh, in the uh, an indirect free kick being awarded to Villarreal, I think this is obnoxious and in really bad, bad taste. Um, I don't really think you should do it when you're four or five nil up, but I definitely don't think you should do it when you're only one nil up and you need to win the game to win the title. Is it like the mankind of football? Don't talk to me about mankind in cricket. That's that's disgusting. Is that the same? Is it the same? Yeah. No, mankind in doesn't. Man- Mancadding in football in cricket is perfectly fine. I don't have. A, I know this is. You know, I'm hearing man. No, I don't know. Like a man gets a cat. <laughs> in mancadding, Chris, you could argue you'd have a very strong argument for saying that the batsman is cheating. In this situation, no one is cheating. This is just rubbing it in the face of the of the opposition. Yeah. Okay. It's not like when the man gets the cat and hits the wicket with the cat. This is, uh, this is, uh, in my opinion, this is unsporting. So they should have got a yellow card for unsporting-like behaviour? Exactly. Every every player involved should have been a yellow card for <laughs> unsporting behaviour. Yes, and then, a, and then a red card to Ramos for just being a dick. <laughs> OK, so there's still a few things to play for. Well, there's Europa League places, really, to play for in Spain. Um, so there's not an awful lot. But down the bottom, there is still one relegation place to play for. Uh, Leganes currently occupy 18th place and in that final relegation zone. Um, and they are one point. There's only 35 points. They're one point behind Celta Vigo. Um, now, Espanyol, who are already relegated, play Vigo this weekend. And Leganes are playing... Uh, or oh, fuck on Leganes are playing uh, Real Madrid. So are they going to be on El Bicho, Real Madrid, or are they going to win? They're going to win. Wait, can they we win. talk about the beautiful, beautiful, insane goal that Suarez scored that I know was offside, but like, holy shit, it was so good. We can do. Okay, good. Go on then. Scott, I need you to talk to me about it because it was so good and Chris I... is just being... <gasps> no! it. Sorry. Can't Adam! Talk. Oh my God. Tell us, Jesse. Can I talk about Gareth Bale afterwards? 
Yeah, talk about Gareth Bale right now. Talk about yeah, we're talking about Real Madrid. I'll be I'll be very quick. I just think that you could there's a chance that Real Madrid could be not on the beach, but I think we could maybe see some deep rotation as they start to prepare for the Man City game. Yeah, you probably see Rodrigo Vinicius. Uh, who say Diaz? Maybe Luka Jovic, but he's injured, isn't he? Yeah, because he popped off in quarantine and then broke his foot. Who's that young defender that's supposed to be really good as well? I can't remember his name. Is another Rodrigo, isn't he, or something? Uh, the Portuguese defender is it? Yes. Portuguese with the Yeah, I can't remember his name. When they yes. got from Porto, yeah, I know you're on about. Yeah, but um, how um, how Gareth Bale looked? He did not want to be there last night, did he? <laughs> He just wanted to probably be on the golf course or be in bed. But he's on 350k a week and he's got two years left on his deal. I, I believe to the to the, to the the UK man, you should probably say he's on closer to something like 600k a week because I believe he takes 300k plus home net um, gross. So. Um, and while I appreciate you're eating chicken and you have to lick your lips, please don't say deep rotation and then lick your lips again afterwards. <laughs> I can't see that Jesse uh, Luis Suarez yes, tell Chris. us about that no I won't no you can't have it none of you are allowed no I want to know I want to hear about it Jesse I, I want, want to be educated so do I you know I like Uruguayan footballers perfection the ball came to him in the box he kicked it behind into the goal own... no wait for it you wait for it Adam kicked wait it behind his it, own self with the, with the inside of his own heel and then directly into goal with his left toe. Is it as good as that back heel goal he scored that time? Gorgeous. It was better. Was it? Okay. All right. It was actually, it was like, beautiful. If okay. it was Edison, if it, if it was Edison Cavani, it probably landed in Rosette. I hate all of you. He said that, not me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Scott, um, Italy. So Juventus stop on 77, into 76, Atalanta on 70, and Lazio on 69, dudes. Um... So, results from this week, Spalnil into four. That was yesterday. On Wednesday, Juventus dropped more points as they drew 3-3 with Sassuolo. Um, and then yesterday, there was the Bergamo derby. Uh, oh, sorry, Wednesday, there was the Bergamo derby. As, Tuesday. Tuesday, was it? Tuesday was the Bergamo derby as uh, Atlanta absolutely romped over Brescia 6-2. Um, that Malinowski goal. Whoa. The Darun goal was better for me outside the boot. boot sorry. Yeah. Um, I was hoping to wake up and that'd be about eight or nine one <laughs> six one with 30 minutes to go yeah, quite quite poignantly they had this sort of um stuff on the big screen beforehand didn't they because bergamo is obviously the center of covid yeah. for italy so they had that beforehand they, um, do that with, they do that with every home game and also i got this month's 442 and there's a really really nice piece about atalanta and bergamo and all the the, the pre and post covid stuff in there Okay, brilliant. Um, so this weekend, Juventus play Lazio, uh, Verona play Atalanta, Roma play Inter. Um, do we have a title race, Scott? If uh, I mean, can you see Juventus dropping points at home to Lazio and Atalanta beating Verona? We yes, for Lazio. No, because I'm thinking the same because a part of me wants Lazio to fail because they've absolutely bottled it since lockdown, but. They have won at the J Stadium before. And I can see it happening because Juventus have not been playing well recently. The only decent games they played was against Torino and uh, and a few games beforehand. But since the AC Milan game, they've been piss poor. 
they've been absolutely piss poor that Milan game they were two nil up and just gave away four of the worst goals due to defensive errors you could ever see and then also on Wednesday night they were two nil down just a swallow and could have lost it right near the end. So there's some nerves. There's... It's going to go down to the wire. Decent teams, that's well, aren't they? Caputo and yeah, they're not bad. I'm just, I'm just. There's a part of me that wonders which part of Scott it is that wants to see Lazio fail. <laughs> imagine, imagine, I imagine he's had to dig deep into his soul to find that part. <laughs> the bit from his head to his toe. Um, well, look. It. Speaking of Luis Suarez, uh, Patrick of um, Lazio has had his ban for biting reduced by a game, hasn't he? Oh. So, it's, so it's down to three games now. Three games. Yeah. Down to three games. And so, so, so five essentially, essentially it's violent conduct. Which is what it is. He bit a man. Suarez got, was it, eight, nine games? Yeah, I know. And yeah. we talked about this last week, didn't we? I think there's a yeah. huge difference in the two, so we yeah. won't go into it. Um, I, just, just to talk in broad strokes about Syria, so we can try and add a bit of momentum into the, this bad boy. Um <laughs> I've had uh, again I've more words gen- you shouldn't say after licking your lips. <laughs> I've seen other journalists talk about how, about um, the Italian teams in the Champions League, Scott, and um, going on from what you were saying about Juventus's poor form. That essentially, that these journalists who know a lot about Italian football saying that they could, would consider Juventus the least likely of the Italian teams to win the the competition. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think everyone's putting their money on Atalanta and rightly so um, I have as well got really good odds on it um, but yeah Juventus not really clicking at the moment I think that's because it's one-off games isn't it rather than yeah. a two-legged thing they, maybe that's why it plays into Atalanta's hands but they've also got the Leon game into whose who's hands Atlanta, Atlanta I believe is a show with, yeah. um, with Donald Glover on Stop. it I Glover, said Atlanta but I had my hand over my mouth no, I don't think you did. Disprove me. Um, oh. One final thing before we leave the peninsula. How do you solve a problem like Pioli? Um, Milan are playing incredibly well at the moment. They beat yeah, Palmer uh-huh. 3-1. They had that result against Juventus. But Rafranjic has been told he can come in and uh, take over next season. Um, director of football manager the lot, hasn't he? Yeah. Seems very strange when you, you're doing really well post-lockdown and you have the chance to get continental football uh, with a guy who's come in and did a, a really good job after Marco Giampaolo got sacked after six games and then oh yeah you, you, you're doing well but we're going to offer the job to this guy <laughs> who's done really well at RB Leipzig and we're going to show you the door it's very strange and Patrick Schick has been linked with Milan yeah so, there you go, that tells you what you need to know. Uh, okay, right, so in Turkey it is um, Besiktas versus Fenerbahce, um, although the top two, Istanbul Besiktasir, are on 66 points and four points ahead of Trabzonspor. Uh, and finally in Greece, there's another Olympiakos derby as they play cross-city rivals AEK. So, uh, back to Blighty as we talk about the FA Cup semi-finals. So, this weekend it is uh, Manchester versus Chelsea and Arsenal versus Manchester City. Um, I've very little interest in this. Does anybody else? No, we want Hector Bellerin to plant trees. Yeah. Yeah. Other than trees, has anyone got anything football-y? I really want to keep seeing Lucas Toreira be... Pl- I like seeing him get appropriate minutes as he's recovering and be played where he plays well, so that's fun for me. Okay. Uh, it's going It's going to be a Manchester derby 
final, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be very annoying and we're going to hate it. Yay! That would be quite closer than I would have imagined a couple of months ago, That if that was to happen. Um, I, don't, I don't think it is going to be a Manchester derby. Really? No. You think Arsenal going to... No, I think that um, as, as much as I sit here and talk them up, I think that the ridiculousness of the fi- fixture schedule means that I, I can't see past Chelsea who are going to have two additional days rest having played on Tuesday night over over Manchester United who play on Thursday night. Haven't... Um, and I think that'll make a huge difference when it comes to Sunday. Hasn't Ole got a 100% win record over Lamps? Sure, but I think you'll find that having twice as much time to prepare for a game when they're this close is going to make be a huge factor. Okay. Uh... Both, with both, both those teams have been playing... a. Like Manchester United are playing aggressively in the league for their their league position. There's not been an awful lot of rotation in that in that squad. So, Chris, the rotation in that squad is anything but deep. Okay, uh, right back to the Premier League. So now West Ham are playing Watford. Is that still three 0 to West Ham? Is it? It's three one last time I looked. Three one. The great comeback is on. Right. Um, Saturday is Norwich versus Burnley at the half past five. Kick off on Sky. Um, Norwich could be the third Premier League club to lose five straight home games. Burnley were beaten in six. I can't see anything past the Burnley win. Can anybody else? Nope. No, which is interesting for all those people who talk like to talk this big I am for how good Norwich apparently has been. Yeah. <laughs> you listen to it, it's like the sort of 1982 Brazil or something. They're there for a reason. The table doesn't lie. Exactly. Uh, okay, so that's the only Premier League game on Saturday. So Sunday is Bournemouth versus Southampton, two o'clock BT Sport. Um, Bournemouth beat Leicester, then lost quite narrowly to Manchester City two one in the week. I think they performed all right, didn't they? From what sort of perceived wisdom says, uh, Saints have drew their last three, um, and Bournemouth won the return fixture at St Mary's. So can we see Bournemouth doing a great escape, or is this? Yeah, you got your nod in your head, Adam. Yeah, I I can see. I think that Bournemouth have managed to... I don't know whether they've turned some sort of corner in the last couple of games, but like you said, they have got that result against Leicester. They, I think they played very well against um, Man City and had the... It was 2-1 in the end, right? Yes. And they they, they certainly had opportunities toward the end to have, to have got a draw. Whether maybe they would have fully deserved that... I, I, I'm not going to go that far, but when they're playing against Man City, and I think Man City this season have as many 5-0 victories as they do 1-0 victories, um, which goes to is uh, a mark of how many 5-0 victories they've got, not how few 1-0 victories. Um, but that's a very admirable result. Um, and I think Watford aren't good, and I want bad things to happen to Watford, has been stated for a long time. So... All of those factors together make me hope that Bournemouth can do something. You don't think this could be some sort of glorious failure in a couple of weekends' time? Um, yeah, I can completely see that, but I'm hoping that it won't be. Okay. Jesse Scott? <laughs> it's all about a positive attitude. PMA. You are nothing if not positive, Adam. That's That would be the adjective for you. Jesse Scott, what do you guys reckon? Southampton. Yeah. I I just like the way Hasn't Hooter has got his side playing football. Yeah. Jesse? Got the best out of, got the best out of Yeah. 
the the one downside, the one real downside they might have, um, is that it's quite relatively close now, and I could see Southampton as a team perhaps being motivated to try and get Danny Ings as the Premier League top goal scorer. Yeah, I think he's about three behind Vardy, isn't he? He's he's on twenty, and Vardy's top tops the table on twenty three. So yeah. you say it's probably unlikely, but not impossible. No, no, not at all. Okay, uh, we're speaking of Jamie Vardy. Um, Sunday afternoon on Sky, uh, Leicester are away at Spurs in the Ben Thatcher derby. Uh, Jesse, they are eleven wins each in this fixture. Leicester won the um, game at the King Power two one. How are you feeling? How's your bones feeling? Oh, we're going down. The only thing I could think of is that as long as we go down, Mourinho goes down with us, which is great. Yeah. Okay. So that's my silver lining. All right. Scott, yes. how do you reckon? Adam, how do you reckon this is going to go? Um, I'm not convinced that Tottenham are playing that terrible football, and I think there's a well. I'm just Mr. Positive. Jesse is just a negative belly <laughs> when it comes Listen, to. Listen, even the win though, Spurs. we should not have won. We didn't play to win. Oh, papering over the cracks. <laughs> Go on, say it. Uh, I, I, think Tottenham, I think Tottenham could win, and I think that Leicester are playing terrible football at the moment. Yes, I think you're right. I think this has got sort of Spurs 1 0. Yeah. 15% possession, one shot written <laughs> all over it. <laughs> Mourinho <Okay>. ball. <laughs> oh, God. You'll love it, Jesse. Um, right, okay, Brighton versus Newcastle uh, at 6 o'clock on Sunday night on Sky. Brighton uh, are unbeaten in the Premier League versus Newcastle. Anyone care about this fixture at all? Only Brighton and <laughs> Newcastle fans. No. Okay. All right. I'm not convinced they care. It's <laughs> <laughs> a long way to go on a Sunday night when you're already safe the Premier League, isn't it? But there's no fans, is it? It is, but there's no fans. Oh, no, that's so... true. Yeah, sorry. I've missed yeah. that. One thing I've missed over the last few months. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so Chris, there's, there's been this thing called COVID. Yeah, that's been hit this country. <laughs> oh. uh, okay, uh, also, oh, well, on Monday is um, uh, Sheffield United versus Everton in the Jags derby. Adam, how are you feeling about that? That Jag Elka should play and it should be his way, His he can then retire a game early. You think oh, <laughs> a half for each team? Yeah. Because now, like a, full on tes- like a testimonial. Testimonial, yeah. I suppose, seeing as it's gone the thirtieth of June, depending on what his contract situation is, that's entirely feasible and legal <laughs> thing to happen, isn't it? Can we switch his registration halfway through the game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Again, I don't, I don't, I don't care about Everton for the rest of the season. Yeah. F- hey. Football's football's done for me now. I have a little bit of interest in the in the FA Cup for a change. And then I will be back on board um, on the 3rd of... What day in August do the European Games start? I'm in for August. Give me me the rest of July off. Fair enough. Uh, And finally, Wolves versus Crystal Palace in the George and Dar derby. Um, Scott, and you reckon this is going to go? What a player, by the way. What a player, yeah. (laughs) I put that in for you. Can we talk talk about the Chris Wood penalty? Yeah, I was thinking that's not a penalty. One of the most... Terrible pieces of refereeing I've seen in a long time, who, and shot, I've seen quite a lot ref? of terrible refereeing recently. Who was the ref, by the way? Might be. Oh, we know who the referee was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> showtime. Uh, okay, right, we've agreed that's not a penalty. So, uh, Wolves versus Crystal Palace. Palace have lost their last five. I can't see anything apart from a, a Wolves win, really. Yeah. I mean, 
sort of Crystal Palace are probably out there in Malaga right now, warming up Rossi's villa. So, can I just say my my love for Raúl Jiménez is getting stronger each week. He's a beautiful man. It won't win. Is it United next season? Which United? Uh, Manchester. He's been linked with them a fair bit, hasn't he? Not Oxford. Can't see that happening. No. Okay. Uh, right. Okay. So before we go, uh, Scott, you've got a bit of AOB, haven't you? Yeah, I just wanted uh, your reaction about the Arsenal fan TV stuff. I know I briefly talked to, to you about it over WhatsApp. I think okay. I actually do feel sorry for Son because he's getting he's got this abuse so many times over the last two years, and it's quite disgusting. He got called DVD. I've never by, heard uh, of that slur till this week. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I mean, I you don't have to that, say it because it's probably really upsetting. But I, I, yeah, it's it's essentially a a slur because it's a trope of um, in. I don't know if this is just a London thing, but I know it certainly it happens in London of sort of um, of uh, Southeast Asian men going around pubs trying to sell knockoff DVDs. Oh, God. Or not just pubs, but I've only ever seen it in a pub. Um, yeah, that's... I've never heard that's... of it till this week at all. The biggest thing I took <laughs> from Cornwall, it... Cornwall, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the thriving Southeast Asian population here. Uh, the one thing I took from this this week is, is that... You don't know what... Is it because you don't know what a DVD is? <laughs> <laughs> My VHS works fine, thank you. I have actually still got a VHS. Pizza man. <laughs> Um, yeah, the one thing I took from this this week is that Claude, uh, who's been on Arsenal fan TV for quite some time, isn't actually a Manchester, uh, isn't actually an Arsenal season ticket holder. Yeah, I yeah. found that out as well. I, I had that, and I it just um, strikes me of. So I thought one of two things: either a lot of these absolute bellends live quite close to the Emirates and turn up outside, having watched it on TV, to spout their nonsense outside the stadium. Um, to look more legit than they actually are, which I suppose is a possibility. I, I live close enough to I could go and do it. I mean, I, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but I might now I know that that's allowed. <laughs> um, or it's the classic sort of Manchester United situation where there's lo- like a third of Old Trafford is dead because people just keep renewing dead people's season tickets. I... Um... Do you know what? When I did hear that news about the fact he's not a season ticket holder, I was a little bit surprised. Then I thought, actually, that does sound very Arsenal fan TV. That the people on it. So which, so which of my suggestions do we think it is? Do we think he has a dead person season ticket, or or do we think that he just turns up when it's not faker. raining? Yeah, he turns oh, but... up when it's not raining and shouts a lot into a microphone. But we think that he's watching games at home and turning up. Yeah, or in a pub nearby, or something like that, and doing that. Yeah, I mean it's. I think we can all agree it's pretty atrocious, isn't it? And they said that they're not going to use him for a while and they sent him for a re-education programme rather than sort of banning him. Oh, God, him that, that right. sounds like... Sorry. Sounds like a conversion <laughs> camp, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> um, they also... Well, uh, also, as a fun point, is they tried to defend it to begin with. Did they? Yeah, yeah. Then, they, then they did a video. Um, How did they defend it? I, I don't. I didn't give them the time of day in caring about how they tried to defend it, okay. because I, I I would just add to the point that I made to the wider group when this was shared in the, in WhatsApp is that 
it to me it speaks to the organization as a whole as being relatively rotten because um people i i like to think that if i i when if i was associating with anyone who had views like that that i didn't know about i don't bring them up in my company because they know that i would not legitimize or support their views i think that if you are caught, he was a relatively comfortable saying that in that situation and i think for arsenal oh sorry AFTV's um only biggest problem only problem really is the fact he was caught on camera not the fact he said it has arsenal ever come out and said like multiple ad- addressed... times yeah sorry um arsenal come out and said one you're nothing to do with us that's why they've mm. had to change their name to AFTV but even after having made that change, they came out after this specific incident and, as Chris said, identified the man as not being... I essentially think that if they found a season two, he'd be banned now, even though he wasn't doing this in the ground, but they haven't been able to identify a way to do that because either, he, as we've said earlier, he doesn't go or he's hiding under someone else's identity. Okay. Uh, Right, anyone get any other business uh, before we go? Nope. Okay, uh, right, so uh, we are Man on the Post, we are part of the at Man on the Post network. Um, we have podcasts coming out thick and fast at the moment as the seasons draw to a close. So Chris and Dave will be back here on Sunday night reviewing the games that we've been previewing. Uh, Ali might well be back as well on Wednesday talking about midweek Premier League games. Um, we are at Man on the Post on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, we are also Man of the Post on Facebook. You can give us a like on there. If you like what you hear, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, you could subscribe and, or follow on Acast. Uh, and all our podcasts will then fall automatically into your inbox. Um, we are available on Acast, on Stitcher, on Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Scott, if they want to follow you, how do they do that? Uh, at Scott underscore Monroe. Jesse, if they want to follow you, how do they do that? At Jesse Loesch. Adam, if they want to follow you, how do they do that? Uh, Adam say 101 Super duper. Right, guys, thank Chris, you. how do they follow you? Uh, they go on to Instagram and follow at mgabgarcia. You are just... I mean, that joke's <laughs> been great every time, but yeah, she also has a locked Instagram account. It doesn't work. You're wasting <laughs> yeah, everyone's true. time. Whereas, I believe, yeah. C.H.M., which one is it, guy? Because I was going to run 77. C.H.M. 77? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely yeah. not. That's not locked. At we Ross Bell 1984 also our... isn't locked. Well, just go to Ross Bell 1984 and just just, just tell him. Like, I, I, You couldn't bring him down if you tried, so just give him some... <laughs> Send him some nice gifts. Yeah. Any, if Pablo Hernandez doing cartwheels. Anything like that. Brilliant. Right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. Thank you. No worries. And always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs>